Welcome back to Tangential Banter. My name is Ben Mowell, and I'm here with my co-host, Jack Korzanowski. Hmm. And we just had ourselves a little bit of an interesting experience. We did. So we recorded this episode, which is going to be episode 13, I believe. Uh, the one we're recording now is 13, yeah. Yeah, so we recorded this right after recording recording uh, episode 12. But in between... Imagine how that works. You go from 12 to 13. Yeah. But in between, at the end of episode 12, you would have heard, I'm going to go see who's at my door. Where it turns out, there was a couple of Jehovah's Witnesses. And we had a very pleasant conversation. I would not have gauged that they were Jehovah's Witnesses mm. besides me seeing their literature. There's had... nothing that they said that implied that they were Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, but I had them pegged right just, out of the gate. Just because they were going door to door. Yeah. Yeah. There's only really two denominations that do, well, Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons. Yeah. So take your pick. I don't know what makes Jehovah's Witnesses. And Jehovah's Mormons, Jehovah's. I think, I don't know if they always do, but the ones I've seen always are wearing uh, button-up white shirts with the name tag. Yeah, on. I don't understand that. So they're very formal. Yeah. But they like to party. I don't get it. It's uh, it's from Talladega Nights. What are you talking about wearing a oh, tuxedo t-shirt? Yeah. It says I'm formal, but I, I like to party. Like, yeah, but I also like to party. I um, know it's no way say like, I like to imagine my Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt says you know I'm formal but I'm here to party too yeah. <laughs> gosh so anyway when someone comes door to door if they're not wearing formal attire or garb this, my this ottoman further away I can't put my legs my on. there we go primary guess would be Jehovah's Witnesses yeah I agree yeah so anyway that was certainly a unexpected uh break from the podcast even though it wasn't really a break as we were still talking about yeah getting our brain juices flowing. but it does lead into our next topic so ben we definitely need to see if we can like get that well they were talking about when's a good time to reach you or whatever get them to come back on a saturday morning we could have a podcast with them talking about get in here ladies (laughs) (laughs) that was uh linda and Luis. that's right that's right yeah, so it does kind of springboard into our topic for today, which is one that uh, has been requested by several different listeners. Is that true? Yeah. A couple times. Okay, good. Um, so the question is, does atheism lead to the logical conclusion of nihilism? Mm. So if – and I want to be clear that I'm, I'm – uh, Positing the question in, in such a way that nihilism is a logical end of atheism for the sake of this argument. Because obviously there are people who practice atheism that aren't also nihilists. Right. The argument I would propose within this debate is that um, they haven't fully followed atheism to its logical conclusion yet in nihilism. Right. So I want to make two points. Sort of. First one is reinforcing what Ben said. We are not saying that all atheists are nihilists. What we are saying is atheism must end or does end at nihilism, logically speaking. The, like the, the, the doctrine, so to speak, of atheism does. And then the second point I want to make is I want to this be a part one of two because Ben and I both share like the same. We're going to be arguing on one side of this argument mm. and no one's going to be on the other side. So I really want to get somebody who does hold that no, atheism does not uh, uh, lead to nihilism. I want them to come on as a guest and then, or maybe even two of them. So it's two on two or something, or maybe it'll be just me or just Ben talking with them. 
we could do two on two and then we could have like a tag team wrestling match. Yeah, actually, I was thinking about that where it's like it's like one and one. And like I don't know how you, you got to tag that. in, tag out. Yeah. And then whoever loses the wrestling match loses the debate. Yeah. Um, but so I want this to be like a, a prequel to the real juicy like debate. But it's going to be a way for it's It'll still be me and Ben sharing our thoughts on it because I do think, one, that it's a very juicy topic. And two, Ooh, I feel very confident. Juicy. Yeah, I feel very confident in, in the the logical reasonings behind Ben and my Ben's and my argument. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. If anyone's out there wants to jump in on that opposing, uh, feel free to give us a shout out. Let us know. Well, yeah, we'd, we'll get something. We'd uh, like to do that. Um, it also, will probably. I'm going to preface it. It will probably be in season two because one of the things that we're going to do between season one and two, whenever we do decide to end season one, is I'll probably want to find out how we can do this remotely so that we don't have to physically, I don't know, be at the same room or, cause that'll also we help us so with, much of the ambiance. I don't think so. Plus, you know what? There's other instances where I'm showing you something visually that our readers obviously can't see. So if I can Our readers, do we have readers? Jack? Yes. <laughs> They're reading with their ears. Yes. But our, our listeners can't see. So I don't want to be reliant on those hand motions and visual aids, but, um, and then we'll get like soundtracks or like a sound clips or whatever. But then another thing will be how we can in- implement guest speakers more easily than I think we could do now. Because we'd have yeah. three people crowding around a phone. Yeah. So the other point I wanted to bring in here is that I feel like this discussion, as part of this discussion, you really have to be answering the question, mm-hmm. is it possible to have uh, meaningful morality without an appeal to a higher authority? Mm. Some, an authority outside of this material universe. I want to, uh, I want to edit your statement there. And say not not meaningful, but objective and um, uh, in um, not unquestionable. What's what? Irrefutable. Hmm. Where the standard is something's right, something's wrong, and we cannot change. Absolute. Then. Absolute. Yes. Yeah, I would say irrefutable might not be the right choice because it's hard to prove in that sense. But sure. Right, so absolute. So, for those who aren't in the know, it may be helpful to kind of lay out the term. So, obviously, hopefully everyone knows atheism is a worldview which does not accept the hypothesis that God exists. And nihilism is a worldview where uh, basically all... Not only is God rejected, but all meaning in life is rejected. Essentially that life and the activities it contains have no meaning. Yeah, so I'm going to read a few uh, definitions of nihilism from different sources, and hopefully one of them will stick. So one of them is, nihilism is the belief that all values are baseless and that nothing can be known or communicated. It is, uh, that's not a definition I'm familiar with. It is often associated with extreme pessimism and a radical skepticism that condemns existence. A true nihilist would believe in nothing, have no loyalties, and no purpose other than perhaps an impulse to destroy. Hmm. That seems less nihilistic than I thought nihilism was. Uh, another definition, so that was... Um, uh, we'll call that the angry nihilist. Internet, Internet Encyclopedia of Philosophy's definition, then just Google's definition. Oh, excuse me. It says, quote, unquote, from Oxford. says, nihilism is the rejection of all religious and moral principles in the belief that life is meaningless. Uh, the doctrine of extreme Russian Revolutionary Party, which found nothing to approve of in the established social order. No, that's not it. Uh, 
Another definition from Oxford is extreme skepticism, maintaining that nothing in the world has a real existence. And maybe one more just to round it out. Uh, nihilism is the philosophical viewpoint that rejects, denies, or lacks belief in any or all of the reputably meaningful aspects of life. These aren't really touching on the specific thing that I want to really point out, which is basically that everything is pointless. Yeah, I thought I already said that. Where everything is just a floating mass of atoms and that's really it. Yeah. So the other thing, I, the other element I would bring in here is that I feel... Um, well, let's back up. So if you if you're an atheist, you don't believe that God exists. Mm -hmm. That means we're left with this mortal coil, so to speak, right? Like just energy and matter, right? That's yeah. all that exists and ever will exist. Mm -hmm. Um so you I would presume are you have to take evolutionary theory and the origin of the universe at face value. So that there's a big bang, everything, you know, all energy and matter exploded into existence somewhere in the last six to seven billion years. Oh. Life arose on Earth. I thought it was like closer to in the low teens of billion, like 13. No, 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 no. I'm saying life arose oh. on Earth in the la in that time frame, right? Okay. Like Earth formed and life arose within the last, I don't know how many billions of years. And then, you know, it started as a single protozoa in some primordial soup that has evolved through all these stages and chance occurrences to become humans. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So again, this is going to, this is going to be pretty one-sided because I, I don't know how else to see it, but. Uh, Which again is why we want other input. So sure. Yeah. Please. So part of, but part of that, part of evolutionary theory since day one has been, survival of the fittest right like Which, that I, that's the kind of overgeneralization of it right i still like, don't like that definition it should be it, it should be um not survival of the fittest but like it's not a matter about being the fittest it's just a matter about being fit enough sure yeah, yeah. to survive and, yeah or like it's a it's not you can be really weak but if you just if you just bust out a bunch of babies you know throw enough like you throw a ball of spaghetti in the wall enough noodles are gonna stick yeah. it's really i was thinking about this the other day it's really just a matter of making sure that you know I, i'm stating the obvious making sure that offspring get past long generation for generation and i don't necessarily think that strength is the best way of doing it. i think it's yeah, numbers but, but i feel like that is an overly specific interpretation of what fittest means yeah i guess you're right i think fit fittest in its truest sense just means most able to survive so it's 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 literally saying survival of the most able to survive ah. which should be pretty self-evident yeah. but um yeah, so in that in that system, in my opinion, you're kind of left at this point where, um, well, I don't. First of all, I don't understand how morality has any meaning in that sense because I've heard it argued in the past that you can um, deduce morality from an from an atheistic evolutionary worldview in that behaviors which help the species survive or help society exist are ethical and moral and behaviors which don't are unethical and immoral. But that's person A's definition. Right. Yeah. I absolutely. say, no, no, it's not. Absolutely. And so, but that's what, it, so you, you kind of end up with this survival is morality is essentially the essence of that argument, right? So whether it's for an individual or a species, they're saying that survival is the most moral thing you could do, right? I mean, that's, 
really the only argument that can be made. Okay. So you're then the argument of, okay, behaviors that help you survive or help the species survive are moral and those that don't are immoral and wrong. Right. I mean, that's essentially what you get reduced to. Right. But if we're all just energy and matter, survival doesn't even really no, equate why, to good. Right. Like what like, does good mean? If it's, it's like, just yeah, it's like, why is survival of our species moral? Why, like, who says our species should survive? Why, I mean, a lot of people who don't believe in God say humans are causing a lot of, you know, destruction on the earth. So if anything, it's like, okay, then we, the moral thing to do is to destroy the human race. Because we're causing so much damage, apparently. Deforestation, pollution. Humans are a virus, yes. Mr. Anderson. Yes. Yeah. So if anything, it's like, okay, wh where, where's, where, where's the standard? Is it better that uh, treating humans is better is immoral? Um, because it helps the species survive. But then if that species is doing damage to the planet, and you're like, no, it's wrong to hurt the planet. It's like, okay, we need to destroy the human race. And and so here's the, my other argument against helping the species survive. Um, if I am strong and fit and capable of surviving on my own within the species, mm -hmm. and the goal is really about survival of the species, then yeah. it seems like it would behoove me to winnow out the crowd of the weaker Yeah more or less productive members of yeah, species, like, right? Uh, I mean, that's how, that's how, uh, you know, we ended up with eugenics and all that kind of stuff is this belief that there is... Well, that was a, the excuse. Well, sure, the excuse. But there's that moral superiority in we're more fit to survive and we will become more fit to survive for the betterment of humanity yeah. by culling these weaker, lesser, quote-unquote, humans. And by intentionally getting rid of the bad genes, I would say if it really just were a matter of survival of the species, and not only the survival of the species, but the improvement thereof to this right. increase their survivability, then that would be the moral thing to do, would be to institute eugenics. And I mean, it, so the other thing is, if it's, if it's about survival of the individual, there's a lot of behaviors that you could presumably do if you were strong enough that would not most of us would not say are moral right like murder yeah. if that was helping you survive as an individual yeah but that's the thing I, here's what i want to touch on we're, we're not even touching the root of the problem i think any definition of morality because like the whole atheism leads to nihilism is if the whole human race vanished or just dropped dead instantly then there would be no, because morality is not something that animals have. Morality is not something that rocks or trees have. It's something that the humans, if in the case of atheism, if atheism were true, it's something that humans invented. So sure, and there we is. Probably, we probably should distinguish a difference between a set of behaviors and morality, right? Like because there are animals that just that exhibit behaviors, yeah. right, that are helpful for their species or. But no, but no, a whole, uh, yeah, I agree. But there are just as many instances where the same animals of the same species do things to hurt their species sure yeah yeah, yeah. so it's like yep. they, yeah they may do some things that help each other but then they do just as many things that hurt each other right and so i'm just trying to clarify that that a system of ethics or morality is different than behaviors that are helpful or harmful yeah. to another creature i would agree um, so anyway, continue. So the thing is, is ultimately any definition of mor morals do not exist. Uh, again, if if this were an atheistic world and were no divine presence, morals would just be a intangible concept that humans made up. The same thing with like interest on a bank loan, for example, um, <laughs> yeah. or long division. 
the, I mean, long division is supposed to model things we see in the real world, but the concept of long division itself is something that we made up. It's if that makes sense. Sure. Um, so ultimately, if there's no greater authority doling out, this is moral, this is not the call of what is moral and what is immoral comes from some guy or some group of guys. So if there were another guy or group of guys saying no, or women or people crying out loud, if there are another group of people saying, no, we have the opposite view. Uh, what you say is moral, we think is immoral. And we say is immoral, we think is moral. So we can actually so observe this. You have group A and group B saying opposing things. Which one is right? We can actually observe this in the world, right? Because. And then people, I got to, let me get methodical because they say, oh, well, person A or group A is maybe they're older and they're wiser. Okay. Why is that better? Why is that the deciding factor? Where are you basing that decision from? Well, they have more experience. It's like, but why is more experience good? I mean, if anything, we see older people like today not knowing how to use technology. Uh, they make like we see politicians with plenty of experience that are you know corrupt and they're abusing their power. How do you know they're corrupt? Oh, yeah. What is corruption? Um, you have the whole thought of you need fresh eyes on something to bring in uh, new ideas and better ideas. So say like, why is and even then it's just like, OK, you know, I don't even need to push that argument. Why is experience arbitrarily the thing that you're deciding should be the deciding factor in who gets to decide morals? And say, like, OK, what about if, um, OK, morals are something that can be moral if it helps people. But why? Why does that matter? Right. Why? Why does the survival of humanity why is that good? good. Why is that good. what you're driving? Why are you right. deciding yeah. that that's because I mean, again, you could come back and say, well, humans are quote unquote destroying the planet. So if anything, we should reduce the human population or at least drive towards us not hurting the planet while we're surviving. But if those are directly conflicting with one another, which in many cases they are, it's a matter of is the amount of damage that we do is that is that tolerable? So here's the, here's the other part of that is even if we are destroying the planet, why does it matter if the species survives tomorrow, right? Why shouldn't we take what we can get in yeah. this life? Or if, if this is all we have, yeah. why don't we enjoy it to the max and let everybody else yeah. just deal with the consequences, right? Like, yeah. There's like, how is that immoral if there's no authority beyond ourselves? Yeah. Because right? who's to say, why should we sacrifice our enjoyment for the betterment of tomorrow's right. generation? Right. So, why shouldn't they sacrifice their betterment for our enjoyment yeah, today. Exactly. Like, You're helping right? our species today yeah. survive by reducing tomorrow's capabilities. There you go. Or possibilities. So which way is right? Um, so going back to your point about group A and group B having opposing views, how do you decide which is right? So we can see this very clearly in the world today. So um, one example being tribes where cannibalism is practiced and mm. even revered. And I, I don't know how much this is still true today, but I know at least in as late as the 60s, there were tribes in like Indonesia and Papua New Guinea that had functional societies where cannibalism was the name of the game. Mm. And they would essentially try to lure someone in with friendship into their tribe and then eventually murder them and mm. eat them. So would they eat each other or was it always like outsiders? Um, usually from a different tribe. So they were like tribes in this area kind of feuding. And so, and I don't know how it works. Like if you know you're feuding with a tribe and then someone's like, hey, buddy. Yeah. Like. Oh, they're going to eat me, right? I yeah. don't I don't know how that quite worked, but anyway, yeah. So it wasn't like necessarily someone from their tribe, but they yeah. would lure someone in, befriend them and then murder. Anyway, so point being, um they've built a society on a completely well, maybe not completely, but very very different set of ethics yeah. than 
what we would say is good and correct, right? And most people in the world even would say, no, that's wrong, right? But if that's how they choose to operate and they're not forcing that set of beliefs on us, how could we, without some higher moral authority, say that's wrong if that's what they choose to do? Because I bet if you go up to somebody who is an atheist and you say, is cannibalism wrong? They'd probably say, yeah, you know, nine times out of ten. If you were to say, uh, is it it wrong... um, is it wrong to uh, find, uh, you know, a isolated tribe and make them change their behaviors? Yeah, that's wrong. It's like, okay, which one of those wins out? Sure. You know, in that case. And the because the, 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 if you ask them those two questions. But see, I think both of those could be answered it, from their perspective by the survival ethic. So you could say cannibalism is wrong because you are likely to contract a disease communicable disease by eating the flesh of another person that makes it less likely for you to survive. And thus that becomes the reason it's okay to force non-cannibalism on yeah, but I don't, a remote I, tribe yeah, because but, they're a risk to all of humanity. But I don't like people then. So I think what's moral is whatever reduces the human population. Yeah, sure. So you're wrong. I'm right. I think the very concepts of right and so, wrong can't exist. Yes. In a purely material world, right? Because bismuth doesn't care if you survive or don't survive right uh electrons are going to behave the same way regardless of whether you murder someone or go rob a bank right like the fundamental behaviors of the natural world remain unchanged regardless of whether you behave in a way that we consider good or a way that we consider bad yeah i mean this is a multi-layer this is a multi-layer art or topic because one, you could say what we've been talking about a lot where, okay, let's assume that there is a generally agreed upon system that determines morals in an atheistic world. Um, there's the topic of, there's the question of why is that the system? Why not some other system? So for example, you said the whole like survival of the human race. is, right. is Survival is, ethic. Yeah. There's yeah. that. The ethics are derived from whatever helps the human race survive. So, okay. Then, but there may be another system. That's about individual survivability. A lot of times those two systems are going to be at odds. So which one's right or wrong? There's that level of like, okay, right. one, how do we pick the, the system? Because now there's a lot of different systems you can pick from. And then there's the topic of even if we do pick one, somebody had to pick it. Who's to say that they have authority over the people who would pick another system? Yeah. So how do you – the authority uh, dolers – the ones who say this is the system, regardless of what that system is, the ones who decide this is the system – even if it's the whole human race, as soon as some other somebody other person is born and says, I don't like that system, I'm going to go with the system that it's only everything is immoral that doesn't get me more lollipops or something like that. His system is just as valid. And if you want to say, well, no, well, it's, a nu- it's a numbers game. It's like, okay. So you're saying that what Nazi Germany did, I mean, to use that extreme example where they were ousting the Jews, like just because it, the majority of Nazi Germany said that was okay, does that make it okay? Does that make it okay? Right. I mean, that's, yeah, part of the reason that the U.S. wasn't set up as a pure democracy, right, is because 51% doesn't make something right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And I always come back to you, especially in the survival element, is like, why do I care if humanity survives? Right? Yeah. From a, from a purely naturalistic standpoint, I really find zero motivation in if humanity survives, like, all I care about is if I survive, right? Yeah. It, so I would behave in a way 
that helps me survive, mm-hmm. helps me enjoy life. Yeah. Regardless of whether or not there are people dying because of that elsewhere or even yeah. as a direct result of my actions. Yeah, and that's where, I mean, to, to again, more put extreme examples out there, it's where, like, like, theft and rape and all these very selfish crimes would, that's where the individual survivability versus species survivability com- ethic systems come into conflict, where you stealing something for your benefit helps you, but hurts somebody else. So I, I would say at best it's neutral on the survival. I mean, that's a thing too. Right. If you're, it, it, but so that's, some people could argue that the reason we have a justice system set up that way is because those behaviors are detrimental to the survival of the species. And so we seek to punish those people and let them know that behavior is not acceptable in our species, right? But then who's to say that this survive? Because you have to sacrifice quite a bit to living in, this, in the species survival ethic system. You know, there's a lot right. of un- selfless acts, a lot of sacrifice. Taxes are an example. Uh, yeah. Not stealing stuff is an example. Um, being courteous to others is an example where you have to inconvenience yourself or helping somebody. Hey, buddy, I, I broke down on the side of the road. Can you help me out? I, mean, I guess that's not really it. I mean, you'd say, yeah, I'll help my buddy out. That's an inconvenience to you. You know, if you're acting yeah. purely selfishly all the time, that would obviously be seen as immoral in the ethic of every help the species survive but when it comes to making you survive getting you what's yours um it's definitely going to be moral to do stuff like that and then who's to say um which system's right which one's wrong now you looked like you had something you wanted to say i wanted to bring up this other this uh, well, other post so I, I talked about we earlier, were gonna, i'll let you finish we we talked about um the survival ethic i think there is another camp that just occurred to me that you could argue from a um, purely naturalistic worldview, an atheistic worldview, is also relevant, which would be uh, hedonism, basically, right? So rather than good is whatever helps humanity survive or helps for survival, is whatever brings me happiness or joy or pleasure in life is good, right? So then you become, I mean, hedonism is pleasure-seeking, right? And so you could argue that, well, I'm not, I'm not concerned with survival. I'm concerned with finding whatever joy I can scrape out of this life. Right. As long, as long as I survive. As long as I survive. Or like, right. as, as long as I'm alive, I want to be as, find as much joy as possible. Right. So then good becomes the things that bring you joy and bad or evil becomes the things that don't, the things that make you sad or whatever. Like right? broccoli. Yeah. It's evil. Yeah. Well, it has cheese. That it's I'm, neutral. I'm, I'm okay with raw broccoli. I do not like steamed broccoli. Hmm. I'm the other way around. Evil bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Yep. And I'm not wrong, according to the AC, also, AC point of view. Uh, broccoli was originally a different, I forget, was it a mustard? I think wild mustard. Broccoli is like bread from wild mustard. Really? Yeah. Broccoli comes in a mustard plant? I'm pretty sure. That's yeah. Weird. Um, yeah, that was a fun fact I picked up a couple of years ago. Uh, but anyway, so that, so there's a survival ethic. So good is just helping the, the species survive, helping yourself survive the species, blah, blah, blah. Uh, then there's this, the hedonistic worldview. Um, but there again, I think you see in practice, this comes up pretty empty. Like as soon as, I mean, you see people who start focusing their whole existence on pleasure seeking um, in just material things, whether it's 
you know, homes or doing drugs or um, hookup culture, whatever it might be. And you see people getting shelled out of that, right? Like you do that for a period of time and you realize that doesn't satisfy, right? right? There's still this emptiness inside and longing for something more significant than that. So mm. the joys of this life by themselves do not, um, do not lend to meaning in life, right? Mm. They, I think would, I would argue are more distraction than meaning in some instances. And even, even if it weren't, even if they were fulfilling, then in the atheistic worldview, who's to say that their living selfishly is wrong? Oh, if, if they're behaving in a way that brings it, them joy, but is maybe harmful or detrimental in society. Yeah. Why is that wrong? Because if everybody maybe it were, isn't. If everybody were doing it, then everybody would be happy, right? So the thing maybe want, we've just been miscorrectly looking at uh, miscorrectly. In, yes, miscorrectly. <laughs> in Misdirection. <laughs> we've been incorrectly defining our uh, code of ethics. We should just let everybody do what they want. Yeah. So this brings, so the post, I, I saw a post on Facebook by my friend Tyler Kenning, probably not going to listen because I don't think too many of our friends listen, but where are you, wait, where are you going? I got to go forward notes. Oh. You know, you could have paused the podcast. No, no. Because now you're going to sound really far away. You're bowing your nose pretty quietly. I'll give you that. Just say what you're going to say. I don't have to say that. All right. So the post that I saw was, quote, Atheists are routinely asked how people will know not to rape and murder without religion telling them not to do it, especially a religion that backs up the orders with threats of hell. Believers, listen to me carefully when I say this. When you use this argument, you terrify atheists. We hear you saying that the only thing standing between you and being a serial, serial killer, rapist, kidnapper is a flimsy belief in a supernatural being made up by preliterate people trying to figure out where the rain came from. This is not a very reassur this is not very reassuring if you're trying to argue from a position of moral su superiority. End quote. So the problem with that, so I think that's where a lot of atheists say, no, yeah, you can yeah, be yeah. moral without God. And then you're a horrible person for thinking that you can't be moral without God. And it's like it's not a matter no, and actually this brings up another point that I don't want to get into too long, which is like, yes, you can, and I think that is the fact that even all atheists of the world still share like a very similar moral code. Murder's wrong, kidnap's wrong, rape is wrong, uh you know, help your neighbor. It's all very similar and all very much what is seen in the Bible, which I think points us to say, yes, God imprinted his laws on our hearts. Right. The reason we all collectively yes. are murderers and rapists yes. is because of God's grace. And I yeah. think the reason why the atheists think it's so ridiculous is when they are faced with what atheism truly means, they subconsciously internally get distasteful of it. And they don't actually want it, which is why atheists try to shove away God, but then still say, well, I want to still have that goodness and have the morals and have direction. But the, the, this point, I'm, I'm going to back up. This, this quote that I said misses the point. She, the, the, the post opens up with, uh, atheists are routinely asked how people will know not to rape and murder without religion telling them not to do it. That is twisting the question around. The question is not, how do you know not to rape or murder? because I know how you don't know not to rape or murder because God's law is imprinted on your heart. The question is, if somebody were to rape and murder, what are your grounds for saying that it's wrong? If I wanted to, if you, if an atheist said murder is wrong or you can't do that, that's wrong. I can just turn around and say, no, it's not. And I'm as, as authoritative on the subject as they are because there is no authority. Because their matter and your matter. Yes. And neither of your opinions matter. Yeah. Ah, I see what you <laughs> did there. 
Because ultimately, yeah. at the end of the day, atheism, to kind of tie us back into the, nihil, the nihilism topic, atheism carried out truly, if there really is no divine power, if there is no absolute authority, we really are just a bunch of atoms and electron or atoms uh, floating around in a universe. And whether some of those atoms are moved into a certain position or not, and then cause a chain reaction of other atoms moving elsewhere versus not, it's really not going to make a very big difference. Now, what do I mean by atoms moving somewhere, displacing atoms and causing other atoms to do something? I'm talking about if you take a knife and you shove it in somebody's heart. <laughs> really, at the end of the day, that's just some atoms yeah, moving yes, into correct. position, displacing other yeah. atoms. At the core of it, that's it. Whether those a, atoms do move or not is not going to is not going to affect really anything else on a moral standpoint because there is no moral standpoint. A relatively dense collection of carbon atoms. Iron atoms holding a oh relatively more dense collection of iron and carbon iron and carbon atoms displacing yet more carbon atoms well yeah. and hydrogen and oxygen and nitrogen and all that stuff. yeah so I think we're we're building building to the nihilist nihilism question but we haven't really fully addressed it yet because we've talked about arguments for morality from an atheistic perspective right um, but ultimately we still haven't talked about everything being meaningless as the conclusion of atheism, right? Mm. Because we talked about survival could be for some people argue that survival is morality. Therefore, and I would say that's meaning. So we find meaning in survival yep. or the, the hedonistic worldview that we find meaning in the pleasures of life. Um, and I think, so the nihilistic worldview is really the argument that neither survival nor pleasure ultimately have any meaning. It's, it's a recognition that there's, still that feeling of emptiness, even if you survive, even if you have joy and pleasure in this life, mm -hmm. um, there's still part of you that rejects that, that knows that isn't what you were made for, right? That doesn't, yeah. it just doesn't satisfy. It doesn't bring meaning, right? Yeah. So that's where I think atheism truly ends is that you've experienced survival you've experienced joy or whatever other thing you can imagine brings significance in this world to your life to your existence and you go huh well i guess that wasn't really it either was it right hmm. and then you're kind of left at this point where every material po every possible material explanation to try and fill your life with meaning has been left empty suppose so I mean, I'm arguing, I, I support what you're saying, right? Because, again, this has to do with God's, like, the, the craving for God and God's laws written on our hearts. Again, our why, what you looking at? I'm just looking at your beautiful map of Iowa. Oh, sorry. As I take uh, a drink of water. See, this is where us having remote calls, we would have, we wouldn't have. Jack this. wouldn't be distracted by me listening while I look elsewhere in the room. Yes. I can only make it. Or hey, let me put it this way. We would be experiencing what the listeners are experiencing. Because here, when we're in person, we see things. We're not, getting, we aren't fully aware of what the reader. We could wear blindfolds while we sit in the same room. Oh, that's not a bad idea, actually. But anyway, um, oh, I completely lost my train of thought. I think it had something to do with, um... Do you remember what I was saying? No nope. bollocks. Oh, you had just started down the point, but it was so unfriendly. so early into yeah. it, I couldn't tell where you're going with it yet. Dang it! Um, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Um, oh yeah, it's the reason why I think we have why atheists are out there and they say, "Oh, God doesn't exist." We're just you know bounds of matter floating in the earth or floating in the universe. 
but then still have morals still um will say things like oh good vibes or oh the universe provides or you know basically they're personifying the universe and say okay you're just believing in god like yeah. just admit it like come on like just say you believe that universe has got that or that god is the universe or something interestingly and... enough i read a theory i don't know this was a couple months ago uh, of a um astrophysicist proposing that the universe itself has a consciousness which i mean at that point it's just like guy you're right there just say you're not an atheist say you're <laughs> agnostic at least but come on, what are you trying to do? You're trying you to have agnostic? You're trying to have speaking of eggs, you're trying to have your cake and eat it too. You're trying to say, I reject God, we're gonna be masters of our own domain, we're going to lead ourselves, we're not gonna be ruled by another authority. But then you're trying to also get the benefits of having a, a lot of right, these right. things provided for you. What is right and wrong? How do we deal with our emotions? What is the meaning of life? Do I have a purpose? If you say if you reject God, then everything is meaningless and we are just things we're just collections of matter floating around in earth and there's nothing wrong with me because there is no right or wrong there's nothing wrong with murder kidnapping rape all those horrifying things sadness and happiness they're all illusions so that's the other thing i want to i think is an important distinction is that there are a lot of people who like to sit back and play morality high horse and act like they don't have evil inclinations or evil thoughts, right? Because we all do. We've all had times where we wanted to hurt someone, we wanted to whatever, mm -hmm. right? But we've we have two we have two things. We well, multiple things, but so we've talked about our conscience, right? Like God's law imprinted on our hearts, so we know that things are wrong. But we also have consequences imposed by society. Yeah. Um but we also have learned how to regulate our emotions to an extent, right? So you don't have just because you're mad at someone doesn't mean you're gonna go punch them or murder them or mm -hmm. whatever, right? Like so you work through those things. But um in the absence of that structure, right, there's nothing preventing you from you get mad, so why wouldn't you be mad with someone or you know, there's no reason you shouldn't act on those thoughts if you don't have a moral structure around them, right? If you're mad at someone, go kill them. Why not? I think the only reason why we have those, the, the third point you mentioned, those restraints where you learn to control our emotions is just to avoid the consequences. Really? Sure. If there yeah. were no consequences, like if, you know, if, um, if there were no consequences, why wouldn't you? Consequences either on earth or, you know, in the, in the afterlife, if we, right. because that's, like, so for example, people, oh, I wouldn't, I, even if I could, I, if there were no consequences, I wouldn't rob a bank. P.S. Yeah. Why would. wouldn't you go rob a bank? You're telling me you would, yeah, you would, uh, if you were guaranteed, you wouldn't be arrested, you wouldn't get put anything on your record, you wouldn't get harmed in the Nobody robbery. would know, society wouldn't shame you, whatever yep. you want to say. No, literally, literally no the only thing that would happen is you'd go in, shoot a few rounds off your gun, and come out with a bunch of money. It like transfer, it's like a money transfer from the bank to your account. Yeah. And then you could just go do whatever you wanted with it. Yeah. What? Who wouldn't do that? And then it's like, well, no, because that's stealing. It's like, nope, you un you misunderstand the whole no consequences concept. God wouldn't hold it against you or something like that. It wouldn't be a sin. Yeah. Or, you know, that's a, if they were, if they right. were a believer. So there's this, there's this faux sense of holiness, yeah, right? Of like, oh, I would never, no, they, I don't even think about those things. There would still be uh, reluctance. And it's because they don't want to hurt the other people or inconvenience the other people because they, they know that it's, they, they they don't want to. They would feel bad if they if they did that, even without any external consequences. And the question is, and 
as an atheist, rationally speaking, if you knew that if you know we presented the situation where say you can rob this bank, you can shoot up as many people in there that you want. In fact, you're probably going to have to shoot up a few people because they're going to try to stop you. But you don't have any consequences, any external consequences that you can think of. Would you still do it if you can walk away with all the money? And I think that a, a true atheist would say, well, I might feel bad, but I recognize that those emotions are just an evolutionary step uh, to maybe help connect everybody in the species. And in this instance, it's kind of useless because it's at most I'll kill like a handful of people. We have 7 billion people on the planet. We'll be fine. We'll survive. And then you go in there, you shoot the place up and you walk out with the money. Yeah. You know, I think an atheist would much more often than they do is they would analyze their emotions and say, does this emotion make sense to apply in this situation? And the only reason why they would still listen to it is if they realize logically that it may not really apply or be beneficial, but because it, it would still linger in their mind or in their heart, whatever you want to call it, that dealing with that sensation may not be worth the inconvenience, may not be worth the rewards of whatever action you're going to do. For example, if you know that if you're upset with somebody and say, man, or if you say, hey, that person, I saw like he had $300 in his wallet. I want $300. He's walking down an alley by himself. I have a, I could kill him and take the money. Well, I'd have to deal with the consequences, you know, risk of being arrested, spending time in jail. And um, I might feel bad for murdering him. Now, the reason why I would I'm feel I'm glad bad, that you would consider it for $300. I like, that's <laughs> a very low bar. <laughs> Now the oh, reason, whole three hundred dollars, I won't kill somebody. But let, but let's say I, I for some reason recognize that the chances of being caught slash arrested slash put in prison in this given instance is negligibly low. You know, say he, it's really going to be really easy to hide the evidence or something. So then the really only the only real inhibitor is do I want to put forth the effort, and do I want to deal with the emotions I'm going to be feeling afterwards. I might say, well, recognizing that those emotions are derived evolutionarily, that's a word, uh, to help advance our species, uh, but realizing that one death is not going to really affect the advancement of our species. So I can, I can ignore those emotions without any consequence, any detriment to our society or to our species, Besides the fact that I'm going to have to deal with the remorse that I know is useless, that I know is fake or, you know, unpractical, I'll self deal with the sensation. If that's worth it for 300 bucks, why not go and kill him? So it's interesting because like one of the philosophers, I can't remember if it's, oh, Hobbes or Kant. Kant. Um, that's a very interesting last name. K-A-N-T. Yeah. Yeah, Kant. Manuel Kant. Um, I can't remember who it was. Anyway, they, they were arguing that something can only be good if everyone could do it and it would still be okay, essentially. So in your scenario, like you were talking about, uh, well, murdering this person is okay because it doesn't really hurt the whole species, right? Like one person, we got plenty. Their argument was, well, it can only truly be an ethical or moral act if everyone could do that same thing and it would still be okay. Right. So if everyone said, well, I can kill this one person and it's okay because we've got all these people, the species is pretty much over at that point. Right. So they, their, their argument then is it's not good because not everyone can do it and still be good. No, that I, no, I don't agree to that. That's so, a good point. That's for, so, and they were—I don't think they were arguing from a 
an atheistic perspective, right? But they were they were making the philosophical argument that for something to be a true good, it has to be something that everyone can do without negative consequences, essentially. No, that's not what makes things morally right. Good. So I'm glad you disagree. How how, uh, how is their authority more than mine? <clears throat> because they're philosophers that were taught. Oh, but I'm not a philosopher. And you see, that makes me the authoritative or the authority on the matter because I'm not a philosopher. <sighs> Jack, you just don't get it. Just do what you're told, Jack. Scott, you just don't get it, do you? You don't. See, that's where we can have the sound clip. There's a clip from Austin Powers where uh, he's like, no, Scott, I've got an even better idea. I'm going to leave him alone with one inept guard with an easily, uh, what is it, with an easily easy overpowered or something or with an easy route of escape and just assume that everything went according to plan what <laughs> I, I can't remember the exact line but yeah. uh we i can't i got to get that soundboard man but that's a fr for me the frustration with the atheism topic is they go halfway but then act very smarmy about it and i think i'm acting smarmy in this conversation too but sure. the, th the thing because atheism as i said five ten minutes ago is that they want to say oh i want to get all the benefits of rejecting god but none of the disadvantages such as the holy crap, is there really no no purpose? Holy crap, is there really no right or wrong? Like, if somebody wrongs me, I have to accept that that's okay. Right. Yeah, and I think, so drawing the big picture here, I guess, if, <clears throat> if there is no God, energy and matter are all that exist, then there can't possibly be a significance for one planet out of billions in the galaxy in the universe right in the however many there are in the universe there can't possibly be a significance or morality assigned to like you said some some atoms displacing atoms and something else like there can't there's no way in a physical universe mm -hmm. to have morality in that right yeah. like it's it's just well, i'm gonna put an asterisk on that but i'll let you finish because and here's what i mean if it's only material, only natural universe, we can only do what our nature has programmed us to do, right? Mm -hmm. Like the atoms have joined themselves together in such a way to form minds, to form, you know, to form humans, that form societies. We're only doing what comes naturally to us. Mm -hmm. So whether you kill or don't kill, whether you steal or don't steal, it's whatever your uh, composition of atoms and energy framed by the society that you're in caused you to do you're just a reaction of everything that exists around you yeah so you can't assign good or evil to any of that and it, yeah and you can't assign it in the same way that it's like oh murdering's wrong it's like no i think murdering's right like who's to this it, it, it come for me it boils down to the question of who who decides the morals sure if there are moral, if if you just say, well, I don't think there are morals, it's oh, okay, then that's nihilism, and that's what I'm trying to get to. So the, that's so the, the point I'm trying to make, right. and then, but then say no, there are morals, and say who decides it? Because at the end of the day, somebody or some group has to say these. This is the moral code that is considered that makes things right or wrong, and all it takes is somebody coming up and saying, nope, I'm going to live by a different moral code, and there's no way there's there's no standard to decide. There's no absolute standard to decide who's right or who's wrong because if somebody says, okay, hold on, this is the standard that determines how we, who gets to pick the morals, if that was still presented 
by a random person. So all it takes is another person right. saying, no, this right. is the standard I want to use. And then there's disagreement there. Then it's just, it's never ending. Now, I think it's, this is one of those philosophical so, questions that you have, that brings you to the extreme. I'm not saying that atheists can't live with morals. It's just that I think that they have to recognize that their morals aren't absolute. And if somebody comes up and says, no, I want to live by a different set of morals, that second set is no, is no, is not incorrect compared to the first. Like sure. the, yeah. there's nothing saying that that second code can't be used that the first one should. Yeah, I think to, if you're going to talk about like uh, the examples we see of societal criminal justice yeah. based on a, an, a, an atheistic worldview, you still are inherently arguing that their human life is valuable, mm-hmm. that the survival of the species itself is important. And I think most people would even say that the survival of the planet Mm-hmm. is important right like you're you're assigning significance and value to probably all three of those uh positions that you can't argue from a purely materialistic or yeah natural sense right like it's impossible to argue that because the universe really doesn't care if humans survive nor should it right like well it can't it doesn't have a conscience well yes my, my point being we're just collections of matter just the same as the gases on neptune yeah. right like they're no different in the scope of the universe. The only difference is what specific animals are we talking right. about? So we're, what bonds do they if, have? If we're making those arguments, then we are we are putting our values on the universe and trying to claim that they're natural. But really, we're just trying to find natural explanations for the values we already have. Mm-hmm. And really, there aren't. I would say, as we said before, it's the, it's the law written on our hearts. So I think the fact that atheists are arguing so hard for, no, morals can't exist without God. It's like, that's... It's necessitated by the belief system, right? If you want to be an atheist who's moral, yeah, you have to believe that you can have morality without God. Yeah, which doesn't make sense. And that's what we've just spent 49 minutes and 50 seconds talking about. Yeah. And I, I mean, to be clear, obviously, we believe in the Christian God, but they're... I think the same argument could be made from a morality perspective for whatever force or being, right? whether it was a conscious universe or whatever, you, some higher authority beyond humanity outside of the scope of a materialistic universe. I, I think there's a question that could be raised because I can see atheists come back and say, okay, if we aren't allowed, it's not a matter of allowed, it's, well, let me, let me phrase the question. If atheists aren't allowed to have a absolute, this is what morals are, uh, source why why are believers of any religion why is it that their god gets to decide and i have two points for that one is that the first one it's not that you aren't allowed to have a source of moral right and wrongness it's a matter of just that anybody else can propose another source and that source is just as valid or just as invalid as the first one rinse and repeat right. you get conflicting systems and no one of them is more right than the other when it comes to believers and why is God's choice more valid than humans, I mean, I'd have to just boil that down. That's to, a whole episode. Well, God created us. Episodes. Like, if yeah, that, that is a whole episode of uh, it, whatever God the given system is talking about. They created us, or they have more authority, or I mean, you can even just boil it down to well, they're more powerful than us. So if we try to fight them, they're just going to destroy us. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. You really yeah want, that, right. That's sort of like the, so. That's what are that's the... the token like. Uh, Easy, easy answer, really. So that's one of the the arguments against God that I find most curious is people who are like, well, you know, look at all this evil in the world. If God existed, he'd be a terrible God and I wouldn't want to worship. 
I wouldn't want to worship a God like that. And I'm we, like, we have a, oh, oh yeah, I really, really would. Like yeah. if God really exists yeah. and he's really, truly evil, yes. but is willing to issue some kind of pardon yeah. if you kiss up to him, yeah. you best believe I would be kissing as hard as I could, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> that's, that's the argument I really just truly don't get. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, I don't want to worship that kind of God. It's like, yeah, I think you would. Yeah. I really think you would. You may not actually. want to, but you better don't. You well better, do it. Yeah, <laughs> for your like your own good. Which obviously that's not the way I see God, but like that argument I've heard is like why a lot of people embrace atheism. It's like, well, that God, if he existed, wouldn't go away just because yeah. you don't believe in him. He's like, oh well, I shall rain <laughs> fire and brimstone on you. I shall send you the pits of hell. And what does it believe in me? Oh, leave oh yeah. What about dang it? All right, what about Jim over here? Jim, Jim, I will rain fire and brimstone. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, this. Uh, oh man, this. But well, we do have the topic of why do bad things happen to good people? We do have that on the board. Don't do we? we? I thought so. And we is, talked about we talked about are people good? No, that's a, that was a separate subject. I think um, it is. And the thing is, I I, I want to end this session or my art my. Um, argument at this session with i find it very half the reason why i'm so if not the whole reason why i'm so fired up with this because i think it's easy to blame my passion on the often seen christian troll rage that oh atheists are stupid and they don't believe in god and you should believe in god you're gonna go to hell and you know that whole angry christian vibe i'm not angry as a christian because i think that atheism defeats itself sufficiently on its own terms what frustrates me is the smugness with which atheists carry themselves. So this is going to be something that our listeners can't see. But Ben, I want you to that whole we quote. I should clarify. Earlier, some carry themselves, right? It's not yeah, like, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, I'm talking about the, the atheists that I'm envisioning in my head is not all atheists. But remember the, the quote I read? Yeah, yeah. This is the face of that person. You see that smug smile and everything? That's just a, that's a smug face, I think. Yeah, but... Okay, everybody can, has a smug face that can be cherry-picked for a picture. Right? I suppose that's true. But this was not a anti-atheist picture. This was a pro-atheist picture. They picked up... Oh, that, that, that was the best one. That they was the yeah. smug picture. Yeah. So, but the point I'm trying to say is, you know, that these people say, oh... Like, the, the person who made that quote, was it was very smug, saying, oh, you religious types need a God to decide your morals for you. It's like, we can do it on our own because we're smart and we're higher right. class of people. It's like, no, you can't pick it on your own because I can just stroll along and say... Your system is, is stupid. I'm going to go with my system. Right. And my system can be, and I then get to murder and rape anybody who I want. And my system would be just as valid as as the, the first. Well, and system. their argument is, yeah, we've talked about this. Their, the argument is, right, we are going more to. of us agree that murder is bad than not. So that But then again, it's, right. it's not necessarily more standard. valid. Yeah, yeah. So it's, and then the other aspect is that, you know, they, what I said before, they're very smug in their half thought out the way that they carry themselves. Cause it's like, we reject God, but we can still have morals. It's like, no, you have to realize that you can't, or you can't have absolute morals. You can say we're going to have morals because it's convenient for us or it's beneficial in some way. Okay. But then if, oh, it's a stupid alarm again. I wonder if they add, if they like updated the, in the uh, app and added in the stupid town. But then if somebody were to come along and say, I want to live by a different system, I think that a true atheist would have to say, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing we will not oppose that. Yeah. So for for me, it really boils down to um, I'm not. I don't have any hard feelings toward atheists in any way. I just I tr 
I make every attempt to be intellectually coherent in my beliefs and thought processes. And so when there's a glaring incoherence somewhere else, obviously it's easier to see it in other people, right? But it's True. like, okay, let's let's walk this through to where it ends because you haven't figured that part out, right? Like yeah. you said, you dealt with the convenient part and haven't dealt with the inconvenient part yet. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, An inconvenient truth, one might say. Uh -huh. I, I do think, I mean, you say, you know, we have our own logical, um, you didn't say fallacies, but you said something about, like, you know, bad, bad thought. Incoherence. Yeah, yeah, illogical incoherence. I'm sure that you and I have enough of that in, in this episode. But I'm really looking forward to episode two, or part two of this, where we do get somebody on the other side of the aisle. If we do, again, speak up. And if you're, like, brimming, if you're, like, uh, frothing at the mouth to show us how wrong we are, then volunteer to be on, and we'll... We'll talk, man, because I want to have that kind of discussion. Because you know, this is just me and Ben in an echo chamber right now. What's what's episode two called? Revenge of the Sith, or is that three? That's three. What's two? Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. Yeah, episode two, Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you've heard us wax eloquent, or perhaps ineloquent, for long enough. So we'll wrap up our episode here. Uh, feel free to find us on Facebook. Find us on. Spotify or whatever podcast platform you enjoy. And uh, yeah, reach out to us with your thoughts, opinions, topic ideas. Love to hear from you.